Welcome to Tea with PILPG. I'm Paul Williams, and today we'll be discussing the startup of you over a cup of jasmine green tea. Joining me today are three young professionals with PILPG. Why don't you introduce yourself? Orga. Hi, my name is Orga Cadet. I'm a summer associate at PILPG, and I'm getting my Master's of Public Policy at Harvard University John F. Kennedy School of Government and my Juris Doctor at Georgetown University Law Center. I also have experience working with the United Nations at their High Commissioner for Refugees Office in Lebanon and the Embassy of the Republic of Haiti in Washington, D.C. I plan to start a nonprofit that will donate telescopes to school systems in developing countries. And so I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about the startup of me. Excellent. Taylor, tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm Taylor. I'm an intern at PILPG. I'm currently pursuing my bachelor's degree in political science at Clemson University. And last summer, I worked for a USAID project in the Philippines. Excellent. Lauren. Hi, I'm Lauren Voss, and I'm a summer associate at PILPG. I'm getting my JD at Harvard Law and a master's in global affairs at Yale's Jackson Institute. I spent the last five years as an intelligence officer in the Air Force. I've also had experience at the High Commissioner for Human Rights in Geneva and the U.S. State Department. And I'm actually really interested in learning about the startup of me because I'm on the board of a nonprofit called Uplift Aeronautics. It's actually only been around for about a year and a half. And what we're doing is designing UAVs, small micro UAVs, that can do swarming airlift to cut off populations that traditional humanitarian aid can't reach. So our goal is actually to use air power to end starvation and medical deprivation as weapons of war. So I I feel like I could get a lot out of today's session. So basically you're an underachiever. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about the startup of you. Now, why are we talking about you as a startup? Well, the reason is, if I said, hey, this afternoon we're going to talk about a marketing plan, a professional development plan for yourself, you'd all be like, well, I'm kind of shy, and I really don't want to talk about myself, and I'm not really sure how to, what do you mean? But if I were to say, hey, let's design a business plan for a startup company, you guys would be on that. You'd be talking about marketing plan, you'd be talking about investors, you'd be talking about assessing the stock price, you'd be thinking about how do you get together a board of advisors. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to design or talk about how you design a plan for a startup company, except that startup company is you. And so we'll want to think about how we use the tools that startups have used for you as individuals. Now, the reason why I'm so possessed by this idea of the startup of you is that I was raised in Cupertino, California, the home, Silicon Valley, the home of Apple Computer. All of my friends from elementary school are basically running startups. They're all sitting at home in the garage designing apps and making millions of dollars. Uh, And I decided to run a global pro bono law firm, uh, which is a lot of fun, but doesn't doesn't make millions of dollars. So let's think about the first thing that comes to mind when we think about a startup. Do you want to be like Apple Computer, Google, Facebook, or do you want to be like Wang Computers, Commodore or Atari. Any takers on that, Taylor? I'm going to go with Apple. All right, now why not Commodore, Wang, or Atari? No one knows who they are. Because they went out of business. Commodore used to be the largest home computer company. Atari made all of the amazing video games. But they were flashes. They didn't have that 
sustainability. They didn't have that durability. And that's important to remember because when people think startup, they think, wow, amazing, whiz-bang, let's, let's have a great impression. But it's that plus it's laying the foundation for 30 or 40 or 50 years of success because your professional career is going to be 50 years going on from here. So let's think about how you do something now that gives you an amazing 50 years, not just something that's two or three year flash in the pan and then goes out of business. You can't retire when you're 27 years old. Well, if you start Facebook, you can retire when you're 27. But uh, for young professionals like yourselves who want to change the world and do amazing things, you need that long-term plan. And you put those foundations in place now as a startup. Okay, so let's start with my first question. What would your stock price be? Orga, what's your stock price as a young professional? I don't know, maybe $8? Okay. Lauren, can you top that? Um, no, I think I'd go with $8, too, somewhere around there. Taylor, what's your stock price? Uh, well, I'm still an undergrad, so I'm going to go with $5. Okay. <laughs> Good news is we have a lot to work with here. Um, <laughs> let's think about uh, You guys are kind of on the market of Kmart and, uh, and a few other places that I, that I frequently shop at. Let's see how we can get your stock market price up. So the first thing you're going to need is a product. And, and that's pretty simple. You are the product. You're what you're selling in your company, in the startup of you. It's you and your skill set as the product. You're also going to need investors. Probably up until now, it's been mom and dad and the federal government financial aid and a few other scholarship programs. But you're going to need some investors. You're going to need a marketing plan. You're going to need a future vision. And you're going to need a personal board of directors for your startup. So let's look now to the first, which is a product. What type of product would you have? If you're thinking about, my product is fill in the blank, what would your product be? Not, not the product itself, but what are some of the attributes of the product? I would think my product would be uh, reliable um, and competent. So you're Toyota, basically. <laughs> okay. Um, Lauren, what are some of the qualities of, of your product? I mean, something that's important, I think, is, is timely, you know, getting something done quick when people need it. So efficient, quick, timely. Okay, so you want high quality, efficient, durable, excellence, something that's a little cool, maybe a little edgy, and that's something that people want. You want to have a product. You want to have your services. You want to have your professional uh, competency be something that individuals are interested in public international law skills, human rights advocacy skills, things that you know everyone wants to change the world, they want to make a difference. Your product allows them to do that. Your product of you, your skill set, your dependability, your excellence, your reliability, that product, bringing you on board as a lawyer, bringing you on board as a foreign policy consultant, bringing you on board as a human rights advocate or a lobbyist, is such a top quality product that it will allow them to achieve their, their objectives, that you'll be a tool for making a difference. And it's a little difficult to think about yourself as a product, but think about the ways in which those products that you use on a daily basis, what are some of those attributes, and how they're constantly being improved, and how they're constantly being evolved. Again, your product has to be on the top shelf for the next 50 years. So you've got to beat out the competition now to get a space on that top shelf, and then you have to constantly refine and reinvent that product. Add to your skill set, add to your credentialing, add to your network so that you're constantly on the top shelf. 
because that's where all the fun stuff happens. Investors. What do you guys think about? Taylor, when I say investors, what are you thinking about? Cash, obviously, but what else are you thinking about? Someone that believes in you and is willing to contribute cash to your, I guess, quote-unquote product. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Broaden your horizons about investors. We've all heard time is money. That's true. You want senior professionals. You want those that have been in the business of marketing themselves, of making a difference, of reinventing and evolving their product to donate their time to you. And so when we say invest, you know, obviously it's financial resources, but that's, in terms of the startup of you, that's actually quite minimal. You want senior folks to invest their time. You want them to share their intellectual property with you. You want them to share their ideas with you. How did they get started? How did they build the network? How did they constantly stay on the competitive edge of the field in which they chose to engage in? You want people to think about vouching for you. There is nothing more valuable than a good word about your reputation from a senior professional who has an established reputation. If they share their reputation with you, if they vouch for you, if they essentially lend you their credibility and the trust that they have developed among their network, that's as good as gold. That's hugely valuable. And so when you're thinking about the startup of you, you want to identify investors that you want to attract to your product. Basically folks to become mentors, to loan you their time, to loan you their energy, to loan you their ideas, to invest in your professional growth. But why should somebody invest in you? Horga, why should someone invest in you? Well, I would hope that my good work will reflect well on them and that will advance their own interests. Okay. Lauren, why should they invest in you? I think it's something similar. It's a return on the investment. So investing in me will actually help you. That's important. Most young professionals cannot fathom why a mentor would take time, energy, resources, and loan their goodwill to young professionals. The reality is something, it's something natural that people do. It's in human nature that they want to mentor others. But also, it's a return on the investment. Every special envoy out there negotiating a peace agreement has a team of 12 or more crack lawyers, policy advisors. Every senior partner at a firm has a team of a dozen or so associates and senior associates. People that are at the pinnacle of their career doing amazing things have a team helping them do those amazing things. And they're constantly looking to identify startups that they will eventually want to acquire to bring into their enterprise, that they'll want to bring into their team in order to help their stock price go up, in order to help them do more cool and amazing and interesting type of things. So they're doing it partly out of human nature, but also because they are actually investing in you. You're seeking the investment to come into you, but they're also looking to place their investment of their time and energy, knowing that you're a startup, seeing how that grows, how that percolates over the next few years, and then maybe bringing you into some of the activities that they're engaged in. There's a reason why senior colleagues in the business world invest in the 20-something startups, because they have a different skill set than the senior folks. We can all talk about strategic communications and social media, but the mentality of it can be done 
If you think about the Google twins, how young they were when they started Google, how young Facebook, the Facebook founders were, even Hewlett and Packard were relatively young when they started Hewlett and Packard. It's that energy, it's that enthusiasm, and that reflects back into some of the older investors and the older established individuals. They want that dynamism as part of their team, and that's why they'll be willing to invest in you. Lauren, what do you think about vision? We mentioned that early on, that you need a vision for the future. Well, we're talking a lot about having people invest in you. So my thought on that is when you're convincing people to invest in you, how do you get them to invest more? Using your terminology, how do I increase my stock price? You increase it by having a vision for the future. It's not just the app that you're going to invent. It's the operating software of yourself. You're not something that's flashy, that's innovative, that'll be around for three months. You're developing an amazing operating system. You're developing a product that continues to grow and expand. You're developing a concept or an idea that will prompt an ability to do things much more efficiently, much better than it had been done in the past. And you know where you're going to be in 10, 15, or 20 years. Now, you don't have to be correct about where you're going to be in 15 or 20 years, but you have to have a vision for where you want to be in 15 or 20 years, because that will keep you profitable, and that will keep your stock price up. If you're just thinking about doing something in the next six months, you'll be a bubble. You'll be a stock bubble. Your price will go up, but then you won't have any value after that six months because you won't have any follow-on ideas. You need to be a company that continues to grow and develop new ideas, and you do that best by having an objective, having a place that you want to reach in terms of a substantive skill set, in terms of an impact, and in terms of things that you want to develop, how you approach problems that are new, innovative, and different than other individuals. So while you're spending some time trying to attract some investors, people for time, mentorship, and ideas, while you're spending time trying to figure out the unique nature of your product, also be spending time thinking about your narrative for where you will be 20 years down the road. Also embrace the fact that you're currently working out of a garage. This is one of the things that is most difficult for young professionals. Why me? I'm well, literally living out of a garage in, <laughs> in some cases with the housing market in Washington at the moment. Um, but why would someone who is, is, why would someone want to invest in someone who's literally working out of their garage, living out of their garage, is a young professional, has some good ideas, but a relatively limited skill set? Think about the companies that we mentioned at the beginning. Apple Computer was literally started in the garage of Steve Jobs' parents. Hewlett and Packard started their business in their garage in Palo Alto. Who knows where the Google twins started Google, but it was, it was probably in, in the equivalent of, of a garage or, or, a, or some type of um, flexible office space arrangement. These amazing startups that are mega companies started in a garage. There's no difference between them and you. It's that they've had more time to be successful map what they've done in terms of their success, which is embracing that they will be successful, having that plan, having that enthusiasm, and not being shy about selling their product, not being shy about selling yourselves. And that's one of the things that startups have to overcome. You may have a great idea, you may have some great investors, but you need to get out 
and you need to sell it. There's no excuse for being an introvert. There's no excuse for being shy. You're running a business. You're running the business of you. So you need a marketing plan to get out of the garage and get into the tall glass building. So when you say marketing plan, exactly what do you mean? How do I market myself as a person rather than as a product? Well, the first thing you need as a person is a brand. You need to think about all of these successful startups had a brand. They had an association. When you think of Apple, when you think of Google, when you think of Facebook, when you think of Toyota, there's a brand that's associated with that name. So when people think of you, Taylor, they think of Wicked Smart. That's your brand. I hope so. When, <laughs> when they think of Lauren, they think of you know Super Professional. That's her brand. You want people to, to identify a brand. And it's not something where you sit back and you let people brand you for yourself. Because if Toyota sat back, basically Honda would brand Toyota more along the lines of a Yugo than along the lines of a dependable Toyota. Toyota spends all millions of dollars, a lot of money, branding itself as durable. And Honda spends just as much money branding itself as reliable. There's that much competition. There's a little difference between durable and reliable, but there's that much competition for the brand. You cannot sit back and let your competition, which are the thousands of other young startups out there, that want to do cool and exciting things in international law, in human rights, in for foreign policy, and making a difference and changing the world. That's your competition. You need to brand yourself, and you need to be thoughtful about your brand. You need to use social media to your advantage. You should strike the word social from your vocabulary. In today's world, there is nothing social about social media. Social media is strategic communications. It's marketing. Your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, your Snapchat, your LinkedIn, it should be all geared towards your professional brand, your professional marketing plan. You can create a, a pseudonym and have your personal stuff on a pseudonym uh, or on some other type of you know, shadow social media, but this is an amazing tool that you have. The generation above you is still grappling with how to use it. The generation below you is going to outflank you on using social media because they use it for their everyday life. They run, my daughter, she's 15, she runs her life on social media. She does her homework on, through a collaborative process <laughs> on, social, on social media. Embrace it. It's your strategic communication platform. It's your best asset. I know what a fax machine is. I know what a Rolodex actually looks like. It's not just a term of art. It's a physical thing called a Rolodex. I lived before the internet. Um, the resources that you have at the moment through your strategic communications platforms are phenomenal, and they're going to allow you to have your startup be hugely successful. You need to have the trappings of traditional marketing plans and success, and you need to utilize them. One of the seldom-discussed backstories is that these young startups oftentimes will hire a gray hair to come in and sort of add some tradition to the board. The equivalent is business cards. Use business cards. The community of established 
professionals, the community of established companies, use business cards. It's part of the trade. Every company, every individual, every professional has a business card. Embrace it now. As a young startup of you, embrace having a business card. Embrace having a professional LinkedIn profile. Embrace developing a network. It's not just for socializing anymore. A network is for professionalism. Embrace an elevator speech. Every company you will work for will have an elevator speech. PLPG has an elevator speech. You as individuals should have elevator speeches. When you shake someone's hand and you say your name and you say your affiliation, you start off with two or three sentences as well about your elevator speech. And then if there's a connection, you continue that elevator speech, literally, as long as the elevator continues to go up or go down. You want to have those types of aspects of your marketing plan. And then you want to have stickiness. You want to have something that brings people back to you. You want to have that professional excellence, that professional passion, that sense of confidence, where individuals want to actually connect with you on LinkedIn, invite you to an event that they're hosting, reach out to you to see what you're doing next summer, reach out to see what you're doing after you graduate, because there's that stickiness, there's that attractiveness to you as a young startup that they see possible value added to the enterprise that they're engaging with. So your marketing plan should make available that knowledge about your stickiness and should put things out there that will attract others to you to collaborate, to engage, and to essentially um, help you help them down the road of professional development. Now, Orga, you're looking a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> this just seems like a lot to do by myself, and it sounds like you have to be really outgoing all the time in order to market yourself well. Yes, you do. And running a startup is 24-7. Embrace it and begin to look for strategies on how to do it and begin to look for help. If you think about the companies we've been talking about, Hewlett and Packard, Apple, Jobs, and Wozniak, Google, Bryn and Sergey. Oftentimes they're team efforts. Now, of course, I'm a Gemini, so I can just talk to myself. Um, <laughs> I've got my partner in crime right here, right here with me. Um, but you'll want to identify a network of other startups that you'll want to collaborate with, that you'll want to share ideas with, that you'll want to test ideas with. And the good news is you don't have to worry about somebody stealing your intellectual property because at its core, you are your own product. But you'll want to find a group of five or six other like-minded young professionals who are visualizing themselves as startups and who are dynamic. And if you share that intellectual energy of five or six individuals, you can really leverage and scale the growth of your startup. If one of the individuals, say for instance, if Taylor was exceptionally talented at networking and conceiving of how to use strategic communications, and Orga had a knack for attracting investors, and Lauren had a real sense of assessing that sort of stock price, what is going to bring your stock price up, what is going to bring your stock price down, how are you going to articulate a vision, and you put the three of you together and you have a few hours of coffee, you, or tea, I guess it should be tea, right? Because this is tea time with PILPG. So a few <laughs> hours over multiple cups of tea, you can leverage that skill set. So it is a lot of work, but you're sharing the burden, you're sharing the ideas, and you're generating enthusiasm. 
because that's what's important. When you think about startups, people are excited about startups. They're excited about the product. They're excited about potential. They're excited about where is this going to go. And that's how you want people to think about you. And the best way to get the people to be excited about you is to be excited about yourself. Now, if you're sitting there in a dark room plotting this all out, <laughs> it's not very exciting. But if you're with colleagues and peers and bouncing off ideas and talking about it, then that becomes exciting. That's something that will resonate with other individuals. You want to create that buzz, that buzz. I'm always worried about using words around young professionals when you actually know what they mean. Um, <laughs> but you want to create that, that buzz, that enthusiasm, that energy about you and, and similarly situated startups and colleagues. So going on with the idea of a startup of you, a lot of startups have board of directors. So would you suggest having some sort of personal board of directors? Yes. You want to take some of your investors and some individuals who have not invested in you and create an informal board of directors. Individuals that will guide you in making decisions. Not make decisions for you. Not identify a path that you must pursue, but individuals that you can bounce off ideas. Individuals who have been successful at starting their own companies, literally themselves, or actual law firms or companies, or successful positions at the State Department or at the United Nations, and you want to be able to tap into their guidance. There are a lot of potholes, pitfalls, washed out bridges along the way of becoming an amazing, dynamic startup and, and successful company. These individuals have, have driven through those potholes, <laughs> driven over those bridges. They've bumped into these issues in the past. You want to learn from their ideas and their wisdom. You also want individuals who will make opportunities available for you. You know, investors will be looking for a return on their investment, which is great. A board of directors will be looking for possibilities and options for you. So they'll have friends or colleagues who might be in need of amazing, young, dynamic professional assistance, exactly what your startup is offering, that they'll want to steer you in the direction of their colleagues or opportunities that they help spot. So you basically want some, some seasoned professionals who may or may not have skin in the game with you to be able to guide you along, along the way. These are essentially mentors. You'll want to have a good half a dozen or so mentors. Well, Paul, I'm glad that you may think I'm wicked smart, but how do I convince other people that I'm wicked smart? How do I convince them that I'm worth investing in and that they should be on my personal board? Deliver value now. Everyone that is senior to you in the professional community is constantly assessing whether young professionals can actually deliver value. Young professionals are very good about talking about the value that they could deliver. Everyone talks about that. But few young professionals actually deliver immediate value. So be constantly thinking about how do you add value to any interaction you have with a senior professional or somebody that you may wish to recruit for your board of advisors. So for instance, at PILPG this summer, it's very easy for you all to show your wares, so to speak, as a startup, to be able to add value by doing legal research, contributing to our strategic communications, doing policy research, engaging in meetings and asking intelligent questions and providing advice and suggestions. Also, spending the summer in Washington 
gives you that opportunity for any time there's a professional contact to follow up with some information, with some ideas, even if it's a small piece of value that sets you apart from the other startups, the other young professionals, again, who are very good at articulating what their value might be someday, but actually building on your $6 stock price, building on your $8 stock price now, and adding value to whatever enterprise that senior professional might be engaged in, and not being shy, asking. I'm surprised how many senior professionals will come to me as a faculty member and say, you know, I'm sort of interested in, in teaching and adjuncting. I'm like, why? You've had an amazing career. You've done amazing things. Okay, you have a little time on your hands. Well, I'm looking to mentor some young professionals. I can give you a list of 25 young professionals right now who would love to have you be their mentor, and you don't even have to teach a class. You can just call them up. And just as young professionals are shy about reaching out to, will you be on my board of directors, will you be my mentor, senior professionals are also very shy because young professionals all look the same. And they don't want to waste their time or their energy, because time is money, and they don't want to invest in startups that are going to fail. They only want to invest in startups that succeed. So you need an angel donor. You need an angel investor. You need somebody who's going to vouch for you among the other senior professionals. So focus on getting a chairwoman of your board who will then vouch for you to bring on other individuals onto your board. Because that's when others will invest because that chairwoman will have vouched that this person has demonstrated valuable skill sets and will be able to take on and make use of the time and energy. Well, that brings us to the end of today's podcast. So thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to know more, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter or on our website, publicinternationallawandpolicygroup.org. Do you have a tea or a discussion question that you would like to suggest? Let us know on Twitter at hashtag tea with PILPG. Until next time, this is Tea with PILPG, brewing excellence around the world.